This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is The New Way We Work from Fast Company Magazine, where we take listeners on a journey through the changing landscape of our work lives and explain exactly what we need to build the future we want. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. On today's episode, I'm joined again by my producer, Josh Christensen. Hi, Josh. Hey, Kate. So last week, I talked about freelancing with Upwork CEO Hayden Brown. We discussed why more and more people are entering the freelance economy, what tools are out there to help freelancers, and what companies can do to stay competitive by appealing to this workforce. Virtually every industry is affected by this trend, but there are some industries that are more commonly associated with freelance work, like arts and media. Yeah, so we wanted to actually talk to some of those people today, freelancers actually doing this and having firsthand experience, which actually kind of includes the two of us as well, because we've both freelanced at some point in our careers, both of us in media. I, before I was working in audio journalism, worked in the arts and freelanced almost exclusively there. And I mean, uh, I guess my experience is, very limited from my perspective in that I never wanted to do it again. I don't know if you're the same way. Same. No, same. And I always say, like, you haven't had much of a career in journalism if you haven't experienced, like, a round of layoffs or some sort of, like, turbulent experience because that's the media landscape in in this, you know, in the last, what, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what my freelance experience was born out of. Uh, I was laid off from my first magazine job in the last recession in 2007, 8, 9-ish time and um, freelanced out of necessity for a couple of years while looking for a full-time job. And I was not surprised in finding this. I'm very much the type of person that needs this uh, stability and predictability of a full-time job. I hated freelancing. Yeah, it's just, I, I mean, maybe it's just because I did it for so long. Like, honestly, it was up until 2019 that I mostly freelanced outside of certain... How long? How many years were you freelancing? Oh, well, let's see. I graduated in 2012, so that would have been seven years doing various things in the arts and arts media and other types of media just because that's the nature of the industry. I mean, the, honestly, the longest time, and I was still freelancing while I was doing this, but when I was in grad school, it was probably the most stability in my career because I knew I had, I was paying for it. I wasn't getting paid for it, but yeah. I knew I had two years where I was going to be going to school and then doing stuff on the side. Like that was probably the most stable until I got to Fast Company. And then, um, you know, I obviously am on staff here now. And that's kind of was a big change for me. Yeah. And I just don't want to go back to having to hustle again. It's just... Uh-huh. Hustle. Exactly. That was 100% my experience. My experience in freelancing was, and I think, you know, we're going to hear from some people on today's episode that have that same experience. It was born out of necessity, and it was a stopgap between, and I always viewed it as a stopgap between full-time jobs. It was like, okay, I'm unemployed. I need to, like, make more than unemployment, and keep connections and stuff while I look for a job. But 
hustle is 100% the word I would say. It was hustling to find work. It was hustling to get paid. That was the thing I hated most about it. Oh, yeah. Tracking down invoices mm-hmm. from three months prior yep. for like a few hundred dollars. Yes. For- <laughs> oh, I will I will not name the publication, but there is one publication name, where I names, got- Name, names, case. <laughs> it's so long ago, too. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, who knows? You know what? They're probably defunct. I don't know. <laughs> it was like I had paid like $300 for an article, which of course took like a ton of work. And I spent six months trying to get that $300. Oh. Like, it was ridiculous. Rough. But I hope you took yourself out to a nice dinner after no, you got that No, because I was, I was a poor, free, <laughs> like, unemployed freelancer. And the, the other thing about freelancing that I hated, and this is this is going to be our, our next episode, our future episode, was, you know, the lack of benefits. I actually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got married during the time that I was unemployed and freelancing, and we were going to get married anyways, but part of the, like, we, we got married a little bit faster than we maybe would have. And part of it was to get health insurance. Yeah. Like how sad is that, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's that's not a commentary on your marriage by any sense. You're in a very happy marriage. It's a commentary on the state of the freelance economy and benefits in the U.S., which, as I said, was something we'll get into deeper in a, in a future episode. But yeah, there was... I know that a lot of people really enjoy freelancing and there's a lot to be said for it. And it's such a growing part of our economy, but it's not easy. No, there's a lot of appealing things as we'll hear about from the people that I talked to, which we'll get to in just a second. But there needs to be more of an infrastructure like Hayden was talking about and like we'll talk about next week when we get into portable benefits. But we should get into uh, these three people that we talked to. So uh, I talked to three different freelancers who've all been doing this for significant parts of their career, either continuously or on and off. And uh, the first one I talked to was Lawrence Lesher. I'm a freelance actor and director and a tour guide. And I've been doing all these gigs for... Oh my goodness. I would say 23 years now. Former Fast Company staffer, Erin Schulte. I'm a journalist and I've been freelancing this time around since 2017. And you and Oni Jakeway. Singer, musician, teaching artist, et cetera, et cetera, multi hyphenate, as everyone is in a gig economy. Um, and I've been doing it for probably 15 years at this point. I talk to each of them about what they like about freelancing, what they hate, and what lessons they've learned over the years. Are you freelancing by choice or by circumstance? Definitely by choice. I absolutely love it. I love being able to choose my gigs and to come and go as I please. You know, I think it's a little bit of both, actually, right? The things that I like to do and the things that I'd want to do to make money and with my career are sort of mostly in the world of freelance. You know, probably like a lot of people, I'm freelancing because of a combination of choice and circumstance. Last time I freelanced in my career in the mid-aughts, it was a good experience. I made more money as a freelancer than I had been making as a reporter on staff at the Wall Street Journal, and I had more flexibility, got to do kind of a wider variety of things than I'd been doing there. This time, the circumstances were a little different. I had left journalism, and I had been working for a year um, in a sort of related but different industry at a much higher paying job, but one that I 
really um, didn't like. And I told myself I'd stick it out for a year to try to make it work. Um, but when that time was up, I was just so frustrated and over it that I left without having an, my next job lined up. And I figured I'd freelance for a little bit, maybe a year or two. Um, my husband had a really big job and I had little kids at the time. And it seemed like it might be good to sort of have that extra flexibility while they were little. Um, and then after a couple of years, return to a staff job in media somewhere well, and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> Is freelancing something you want to continue doing? Or are you looking for like a staff full-time salaried job? Yes. And also it depends. <laughs> it would depend on where it was, what the position was, who I'm working with, right? Because even a steady sort of gig in this freelance world doesn't necessarily mean a fulfilling or nice one. Even if it's something that you love to do, it's not necessarily um, optimal to get sort of bogged down in a place where you're doing what you love, but also you're realizing that, you know, um, the conditions while steady are not of great quality or fulfillment? The short answer is yes. I'm looking to go back somewhere full-time. I think that like, for me, you know, because the freelance stint went on longer than I intended, you know, I, I had already been wanting to get back into a newsroom and then the pandemic just kind of put it off. So, you know, after the last two years, I mean, we've all kind of been working alone in a room, but there's this sort of even more yearning to get back and be part of like a bigger organization. And, you know, I think it's like, I'm just not done being ambitious or wanting to make an impact. And I think you can do those things as a freelancer, but for me personally, it's harder to do outside of a, you know, institution or organization that's bigger than just me. Um, I think that's changing a little bit. Like, you know, now everybody has their sub stacks and whatever. There's all these new independent newsrooms popping up all over the place. But for me, I would prefer, you know, to be back working with colleagues again. And also, you know, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I kind of miss being in the office some of the time. Maybe not all the time, but some of the time. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. What do you like most about freelancing? You have so much more autonomy. And just the autonomy of being able to choose which jobs you take is worth its weight in gold for me. Favorite part about freelancing is actually, um, how do I say it? It's the discoveries, right? When you take on new gigs, you have to sort of learn new things each time. So, you know, you become a better musician for it. You become a better performer for it. You become a better researcher for it, you know, and then um, you come out of certain gigs with, new knowledge that you didn't have before. I'm thinking of some specialized music gigs I've done or some actual theater that I've done where you know, you're know you doing research on a character or you're doing research on a time period. And then all of a sudden you have a new interest in your life that you didn't know that you had prior. So I always love gleaning and gaining new knowledge from the different endeavors that I encounter. What's the most challenging or the most difficult thing about freelancing? This is maybe too much of a save it for therapy answer, but like, <laughs> I think it's just like an identity shift. You know, my career as a journalist created a lot of 
forward momentum in my life and, you know, it shaped where I lived and what I read and who I was friends with. And, you know, for a lot of my career, I was on staff at really big household name newspapers or magazines or media companies. And when I was freelancing, there was a little bit of this feeling of, you know, if I'm not Aaron from the Wall Street Journal or Aaron from Fast Company or Aaron from Hearst, like who even am I? What's next? It's the uh, constant state of I don't want, uh, how do I say it? Alertness, a constant state of having to stay alert and having to, um, to stay searching, right? And the sort of juggling of opportunities and juggling of responsibilities. Oh, can I say one more thing I just thought of? I think there's also, for journalists, it's probably not true for all journalists. Like, if you are sort of a household name journalist, this might not be a problem. But I think for the vast majority of journalists, like, access is one thing, right? Like, if you call up and you say, I'm so-and-so calling from this, you know, recognizable magazine or newspaper, like, it's a lot easier to get people to talk to you just because you're affiliated with this institution that they know and maybe has some level of trust. Is there any piece of advice that you've gotten from maybe another freelancer or or just that you've picked up along the way that has kind of stuck with you? <laughs> um, don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of praise of hustle culture, as it were, or gig culture. You know, you see it from everyone from like The Rock to, you know, people just on Twitter who are just, you know, talking about how they grind every morning. Rise and grind, yes, uh, the bane of my existence. I think there are two things that vie for best advice as a freelancer in the arts, which I think this actually applies for, for other gigs as well, is make good impressions on people that you're going to work with. They are the ones who are going to be your best chance to refer, you know, give you referrals to something else, one. two. It's a numbers game. You just get out there and keep out there. If you stay into in it, you will book things. It's just the difficulty is staying in it. It's not easy because the money is not good. And then on a more flippant side, <laughs> the best advice for people uh, wanting to go in the arts is marry somebody not in the arts <laughs> who has a steady income. I have a spouse who has a steady income and it makes things much easier for me. If I don't book for a while, it doesn't mean I start. What's the worst freelancing gig you've ever had? Oh, man. Worst freelance gig I've ever had. I I would argue in 20, in 2000 and in 2020, I worked for the U.S. Census. <laughs> Which, uh, in a way, is not freelance in that you are a W-2 worker, you know, that you don't get a 1099, but still you choose whether you're going to work for them or not. It's good money. It's good money, but they are the most incompetent people on earth. I'm stunned we didn't just, we didn't realize at the end of 2020, find out that New York City had a population of seven. There's certain uh, gigs I've done where the uh, people in charge or the people who employed us did not do what they were asked to do. Uh, they screwed up on their end and the clients wanted to withhold payment. And these employers asked all of us, the uh, sort of gig workers, to uh, reduce what they were going to pay us because they weren't getting paid. And a few of us said, well, absolutely not, because that's 
unfair. We agreed to a particular payment. Um, we want full payment. And it became a huge issue with them where they felt betrayed because they did what a lot of these companies like to do is and try to portray it as turning against the family. But I don't just see my family for three months and then <laughs> disappear, right? One individual one was temping, occasionally get some weird gigs. I did a lot of temping, uh, freelance temping. Uh, I work as a doorman. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually wasn't bad, except you're on your physically, you're on your feet all day. That's not so much fun. Got some uh, really good stories. <laughs> There's a reason you tip your doormat. They know everything about you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> What's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you started? You know, I don't know if it's something that I don't know as much as something I haven't been very good about doing, but I see other freelancers and other writers who are seem more disciplined in some areas, you know, tracking things or, you know, putting out writing prompts on Twitter or keeping, you know, really extensive tickler files of like ideas. I think the one thing that I know now that was maybe a little less clear before is just actually how sustainable this kind of work is. In a city like New York, especially, there is always money. Somebody will pay you to do something, whatever. You just got to find that person. <laughs> you got to find, you want to walk dogs? Someone will pay you to do it. You just got to find that person. You got to find some time to rest. You got to find some time to actually be able to unplug from everything and just regenerate in a sense, right? If you're drained at the end of the day or the end of a long week or the end of a very long project that you've been working on, you need some time to um, unwind and, and give your body and your mind some grace. And that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And we want to hear from you. Are you a freelancer? Did you freelance in your past? What lessons have you learned over the years? Email us at podcast at fastcompany.com or tweet us with the hashtag The New Way We Work. The New Way We Work was produced by Joshua Christensen with editing by Nicholas Torres. 